Hey guys, welcome to It's a Bit Text Life. I'm Megan and I'm your co-host along with Sheena with Not Another Vet Nurse. And we are here to bring you vet information and client information for your pet and also for all of the people in the wonderful veterinary medicine community. We are here to be your support system and we want nothing more than to be able to reach out and help you back. So if you're ready, let's get started on another episode. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is Megan, one of your hosts from It's a Vet Tech's Life. I wanted to take a quick second and tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And trust me, I've tried several others, so believe me when I say it is the easiest. It's completely free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So it's great for busy people on the go like me. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I feel like it's always part of the season. Yeah. No, that's true. Okay. So, according to the AVMA, and for those of you that don't really know what that is, that's the American Veterinary Medical Association. According to them, canine parvovirus is highly contagious and it can affect all dogs, but unvaccinated dogs and puppies younger than four months are the most at risk. So, it's like I tell people all the time, just because you have an older dog does not mean that you are immune or you are somehow protected from parvo unless you are vaccinated. Yeah, that's a common misconception for sure. Yes. Dogs that are ill from canine parvovirus are typically just said to have parvo, and the virus affects the dog's gastrointestinal tract, so their stomach and intestines, basically. And it is spread by dog-to-dog contact and contact with contaminated feces, environments, or people. So that means that us as veterinary professionals, if we handle one parvo puppy, we are not allowed it any other puppy room for the rest of the day because we are considered contaminated yeah it, it is that serious really <laughs> it really does nope like, no i want puppies. a cute puppy room <laughs> but yeah, no nope. puppies for you today yeah nobody likes that that job but no when we had parvo puppies at our clinic uh, a few weeks ago we um had our isolation ward and we <laughs> we put a sign on the door and named it parvo land we we would call it that. We didn't have a sign, which that's way, way more um, creative, but we would call it that too. <laughs> I think it was just being smart asses. Yeah, pretty much. Whatever we can do. So it would be like, the day. yeah. So it was basically just like, all right, who's stuck in Parvo lane today? Mm-hmm. When it comes to finding Parvo, it really, it to, to veterinary professionals, there are signs that shout, parvo but to normal people they're just like hey my puppy has bloody diarrhea did they eat something Mm -hmm. Mm, maybe but 
they could have a parasite problem, a virus other than parvo, stress colitis. I mean, yeah. So obviously, people don't go straight to, oh my God, it's parvo, except for veterinary professionals. Mm hmm. Yeah. Bloody diarrhea right there. Oh, yeah. Bloody <clears throat> diarrhea, and how old is it? Yep. And the smell. Oh my gosh. The smell. Yeah, see, I'm lucky. I have a very, from my Crohn's, somehow it ended up affecting like my septum. So I have a very diminished sense of smell. And oh, I'm like, wow. yes. Oh, wow. Wow, you're oh, lucky. Yeah. I mean, lucky, oh, yeah. but not lucky. That sounds terrible. It's actually not bad because people are like gagging and choking. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> well, uh, then if uh, people know the smell, they know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a very distinct smell. So some of the main symptoms of parvovirus, aside from the telltale bloody diarrhea, is lethargy. So like if your normally playful puppy just gets really like down and just seems dragging, wants to sleep all the time, a loss of appetite, abdominal pain, bloating, fever, or low body temperature. And no, you cannot test the fever by feeling your dog's head. I promise you, you cannot. Or their nose. It's not. No, no, that's, that's bad. Mm -mm. Those, those are definitely myths. So please do not <laughs> say my dog's head feels warm and has a fever because we might <laughs> laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah. But put that to your face. So it doesn't <laughs> <be> comfort. <laughs> Another common symptom is vomiting. And then if the bloody diarrhea goes from being kind of intermittent to severe and the vomiting becomes persistent, something's up because that's going to cause rapid dehydration, intestinal damage, immune system issues that can cause septic shock. Like if you have persistent vomiting and bloody diarrhea, get the dog to the doctor now. Mm-hmm. Yes, right away. So I don't know how other clinics test for parvo, but I know the main choice for all the clinics I've worked at are snap tests. So what that is, is like we take a few drops of blood and we mix it with this blue color dye, to put it simply, and pour it onto this little, what, what is it, like a rectangle shape um, thing? Yeah, like a, it's like a little rectangle well I guess that you yeah in. with like a little hole in it yeah. and you pour it in very very carefully into the teeny teeny little hole yeah and you wait for it to drain down and you snap it and it'll drain back up and within about 10 15 minutes depending on the test it turns up with either a positive control or a negative control yes the only thing with like with the test though is sometimes you can have a negative positive so they're not 100 percent accurate i have actually seen that yes yes so it's really dependent on the symptoms and other things too yeah. but but yeah we actually had not the clinic i'm at but um when i worked in the kennels we had come in that had parvo and one dog came in for like something regular the same day but it was still a puppy mm -hmm. and so it started like throwing up i think when it went home so we brought it back in and tested it and it had a positive parvo test but it did not look at all like a parvo dog mm -hmm. yeah i mean the classic parvo dog looks like near death it is mm -hmm. pitiful yeah and this dog looked very happy healthy and tick to be in a cage yeah 
Parvo dogs normally don't care if they're in a cage. No. No, they just want to lay down. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah, it's really sad. So, do you know the treatment process, like, in detail more so? I know I never really handled it in detail because I haven't gotten to that point in my career yet. Yeah, so... um I know a little bit more than the treatment process. Uh, my own personal dog, actually, um, she had it. She's six years old now, but she we got her at eight weeks, and she was vaccinated by a breeder, um, which is a whole nother. And she, so she was vaccinated. We took her home. I worked, I worked as a tech, so I would take her to work with me. And I thought she was vaccinated. We were living in Alaska at the time. It was in the winter. Um, who would think that Parvo would be around when it's freezing cold outside? Um, but she ended up getting it. Probably either she already had it or she got it from going to work with me. I'm not sure. Um, but she was like uh, you were saying, your, your typical Parvo dog, lethargic, just just down and out, didn't want to do anything. And for an eight-week-old puppy, that was just not it was right. Just not not normal. Um, and she actually went down pretty quickly. Uh, she started acting weird on a Friday and was hospitalized by that Sunday. Um, and so she, from a technician's point of view, it was actually really hard to have to kind of my own, like to kind of have to, to give up caring, not caring for her, but I had to relinquish my care Control. to someone else. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to, to do that, but uh, she needed it. She she needed it, so she she was hospitalized for it was about a week. Um, she got she so we obviously we always put them on uh, IV fluids because they're gonna they're super dehydrated from vomiting, diarrhea, and all that. Um, so she was on IV fluids. She was on she was on antibiotics, and so the thing with puppies is you can only give them certain antibiotics when they're growing because they can affect the way that their bones grow and their cartilage grows and things like that. Um, so with her, she, when we did her blood, she had no white blood cells. And that's, you know, we all know that, that's what you need to be able to fight any illness, let alone this one. Like none? Um, so she had none. Um, so, she, I mean, she had some, but they were like nil, you know, really small. Um, so she had to have a plasma transfusion and she also had to have um they gave her batril which is one of those antibiotics that you're really not supposed to give mm -hmm. puppies but it was one of those you know i can give her this medication and she survives or i can say oh i don't want to ruin that i don't want to ruin her growth and she dies you know what i mean so yeah. there comes moments in your career your life where you're just like you know there's kind of be going to be a little give and take i guess um, yeah. So she ended up having to get that, which, you know, she's a little shorter than your average shepherd, but she looks the same. She looks normal. There's really no difference. But um, she, so yeah, she had the plasma transfusion. She was on antibiotics, like around the clock. Um, she had to be forced. Well, I say force fed. I don't know if they really force fed her, but I mean, she wasn't eating. Um, she finally started eating, of course, like they wouldn't let her come home until she started eating. So we have, they finally got her to eat um, pain medication because Parvo is extremely painful. Um, when we brought her in, she was 
super moany and groany. Um, I kind of think of it like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it would feel like for a dog, but I think of it like if you're having like an IBS flare up or something like just super painful, like, uh, intestinal. I can sympathize. Yeah. Intestinal cramps. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just super, it's, it's really painful. She was, she was on a pretty high pain medication there in the beginning to kind of help get her through. But the thing with Parvo is, uh, like with any virus, you, you gotta let it run its course. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no cure per se. Um, it's just really treating the symptoms and preventing any secondary infections and things from the condition. So it was really just a lot of supportive care and, Thankfully, all of that supportive care helped to get her through and she's here six years later because I've seen many cases where that is not the case. And it's it's just a whole different world. But uh, I'll tell you, it's a little different being on that client side of the counter. I bet. Because <laughs> I, uh, it was just a whole different perspective having to be the client and not the technician. It was, it was really difficult and it was a really hard moment in our lives, but... Um, I think, I thank God every day or whatever it is that you believe in. I just, I thank her, thank him every day for her. So, um, but it is something that you got to really make sure that you get in and get them care right away because it is, it is life threatening and there are dogs that have died. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I've heard stories, but Um, yeah, I, um, one of the first doctors I worked for, had actually told me that she had, and of course this broke my heart because I have a chihuahua, mm-hmm. but she had this little chihuahua puppy patient. And if you've ever seen a chihuahua puppy, you know, they literally will like fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah, they're tiny. Um, But she said that this dog was in its second round of parvo vaccines came in contact with the virus because I'm assuming the owners didn't listen to her warnings about not taking it places. And the dog ended up dying. Oh. Yeah. Oh, That really sucks because, like, it was in the middle of getting itself protected. That's the things that a lot of owners, they don't, I don't know if they fully understand it, if we're not educating them properly, but you really have to get all those shots Mm -hmm. and literally not bring them anywhere unless they're with vaccinated dogs because they will get it oh my goodness that's sad the best way to protect your dog or your puppy i guess i should say is until it's received its complete series of vaccinations you really need to use caution when bringing pet places where other young puppies get together like pet shop parks puppy classes obedience classes doggy daycare kennels and places like grooming establishments reputable establishments they kind of miss the risk by requiring vaccinations and all of that but it's still not a risk i would personally be willing to take Mm -mm. in spite of proper vaccination though a small percentage of dogs do develop protective immunity and remain susceptible to the infection unfortunately and i didn't really even know that until lately interesting i so you're saying even though they're vaccinated they can still even though they built up the immunity they can still contact the virus i guess so that's what avma says that's interesting i know that when um my dog was sick they said that like she still gets vaccinated but they said that 
she should never get it again. It was one of it's one of those like like a chicken pox. Thing. It's like yeah, like once you've had it, you like her immune system is already built up to it, I guess. But she still gets vaccinated, obviously. But I thought that was interesting. And also, one last warning: people who, like I said earlier, have come in contact with sick or exposed dogs, even if you aren't in the veterinary profession, if your puppy taken in because of bloody diarrhea and it becomes positive for parvo you are now contaminated so handle that with caution and avoid handling other dogs or you know at least like wash your hands and change your clothes at the bare minimum before doing so yes i always uh used to change in the garage like when i would go <laughs> home <laughs> if i ever worked in yeah so yep because like the second i walk in the door the kid and the dog are like right here and i'm like whoa germs yeah and parvo i don't i'm not exactly sure on the like the amount of years but i know parvo can live for quite a while um on surfaces so it has to be like bleached or something i believe uh -huh. yeah bleached like a crime scene yeah <laughs> parvo does not die that easy you guys yeah telling you right now Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of It's a Vet Text Life. And we really appreciate it and we hope we can reach out and help people through this and educate people as well. If you have any questions or if you want to get your thoughts on the show about you know your job what you're going through or a funny story about an animal um please go to anchor.fm backslash it's a vet sex life and leave us a voice message on there or you can go to my instagram it's at Megs, M-E-G-G-S underscore Noel, N-O-E-L, and leave me a message on there. But as mentioned before in previous episodes, there are some community rules. Please be positive and happy. And, you know, if you have a sad situation you're working through, that's perfectly fine. And we're here for that. But no negativity, no haters, no room for that. We're here to bring people happiness. And also, don't mention clinics or client names. Yes, confidentiality. Confidentiality. But if you want to reach out to the group itself, Sheena, what's the, yes. hash, or the handle? Our handle is not another vet nurse. That's Instagram and Facebook. So you'll be able to find us on either one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And can't wait to do another episode for you guys. Bye. Bye.